This is Packers Dan. It's Packers Kyle. We're coming at you live from Big Third Down Studios uh, in our undisclosed uh, location here. Um, It's Packers country. Everywhere is Packers country. So you're always in Packers territory. That's what I think. It's a state of mind more than it is a geographic location. Um, So... Last week, I believe it was, uh, the pack or the sorry, the NFL Twitter account got hacked. Yep. Um, and what did the guy say? He's pronouncing the death of Commissioner Roger Goodell. Yeah. He didn't die. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He was just out golfing. Uh-huh. Which uh huh. Which raised the question for us: of what would you write on the NFL's Twitter account? Yeah, if, if you could you... hack into the NFL Twitter account, what would you say? I mean, I don't know. Namaste. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, I might say something about Guns N' Roses, because I'm a big fan of that. Or, like, uh, bigthirddown.tumblr.com. This is not Packers Kyle. It's a friend, I promise. Um, I love you, Leroy Butler, forever. That's the thing I might say. friend of the podcast, Kevin, from Chicago, had a pretty funny idea to just write something that the NFL would be, like, super ashamed to delete. So, I don't know, like, uh, hey, Dan Snyder, that name is offensive. Or, like... Uh, football is a dangerous game. Think twice before letting your children play. <laughs> Make sure that you teach your children how to tackle safely because they're causing their own brain damage slowly every time they do it. You want to know what I would say, Kyle? Hmm. I would say the Bears suck. <laughs> Just if what if the NFL <laughs> tweeted that the Bears suck? I mean, it's true. So, like, they should tweet that yeah. every day. I do. Yeah. 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 Or what if they would just announce something insane like... Uh, we announced that today is uh, Leroy Butler Day. Everyone who's wearing their Leroy Butler jersey gets a free ticket or something. Teddy Bridgewater has to play in pants made of concrete. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. That's what I would do if I were the NFL commissioner. installment of a segment that we like to call Film Room Plays That Got Me Stoked. This segment is traditionally dedicated to plays that we saw that got us stoked and like not in like the typical way, like a two-yard John Coon run or an incomplete pass that looked particularly cool, but like a play that got us like historically stoked so that we, we still remembered it later. The play unless, that we have dreams about yeah, afterward. Yeah. That you think about, that you talk about, that you write about in your diary, that you talk to with your therapist about, stuff like that. So... The play we talked about last week, if, if for our loyal listeners, I'm sure you all heard uh, last time, uh, the play we discussed last time was, that was just really, really, really a doozy. That was the we want the ball, we're going to score play, uh, in which Matt Hasselbeck said we want the ball and we're going to score, and then, spoiler alert, uh, they got the ball and they didn't score, and the Packers won. And yeah, eventually they threw pick six. Al Harris, what a play. I didn't plan to get this stoked just talking about that, but now... <laughs> I mean, prepare something. yourself. Because we're about to do this all over again. Oh Another boy. play. This oh one is boy. this week. It's my choice. This game was really something too. Uh, it's the NFC Championship game in 2011. So it's a 2010 season, early 2011. I watched this game at the Echo Tap in Madison, Wisconsin, and it was so packed that you could not walk. We were just shoulder to shoulder, and so I had told my friends I would go get a pitcher for the table. I ended up just standing there with a pitcher in the middle of the bar for the rest of the game. So they're playing the Bears, uh, and as you might recall, Jay Cutler had been dealing with some injuries. He'd missed the previous game 
due to a concussion, uh, and he played in this game, and he ended up, what did he, he messed up his knee, I forget the exact injury, but uh, the point being that he was out, and Caleb Haney was playing quarterback for the Bears at that time. And let me tell you, like, one of the topics that I, a topic that I come back to over and over again is just Chicago Bears quarterbacks, because it's just a thing that brings me great joy. Like, some people really enjoyed the television show Cheers, or the comedy stylings of Martin and Lewis, or Sonny and Cher, or whatever, but for me... Like Louie, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't know who he is. I don't think he's a Packers fan, so I don't care overall. (laughs) But, like... The thing that I think about when I'm feeling a little bit down is hilarious, stupid things that have happened involving Bears quarterbacks. And so, like, let's talk a little bit about Caleb Haney. I guess there's some things about Caleb Haney. Those things include he uh, went to Forney High School in Forney, Texas, which I'm a very a very big fan of. Um, it should be noted that the way... Uh, he began making his first meaningful contributions to the Bears was that he started because Todd Collins got hurt. So if you're the dude, you're the next man up after Todd Collins, you probably got some real serious problems. Um, he made his first ever like play with the Bears by completing one of two passes for two yards. So his stat line that game was one for two, two yards. Um, there's just all kinds of truly amazing stuff about Caleb Haney. I mean, yeah, I mean, which leads us to the single most incredible thing he did in his entire career, the thing that's going to be etched on his tombstone when, God forbid, he dies. Um, but, like, this is really, really, really special, and why don't you tell our fans about it? Yeah, I mean, this play is, like, uh, I mean, this play is really something special. Uh, it's this NFC's NFC Championship game uh, right before the Super Bowl, Winner goes to the Super Bowl. And if you remember, I mean, the Packers had this great run where they were amazing, historically good, just pounded everyone. But this game was actually extremely close and tense. And they played it in Chicago. The Packers were a a wild-card team this year. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they weren't beating their ass, you know? And so this play happens with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Packers are winning, but only by a touchdown, 14-7. to Six minutes left. It's a third down, and Caleb Haney's under center. Ooh, let's go to the tape, Kyle. On third down and five, pressure. Pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji. There you go. And there, this is the part. He does the hula dance in the end zone. He puts on Aaron Rodgers' belt, transitions straight into the hula. It's so natural. I can't believe it. I kind of can't believe that Chicago didn't slide into the like, you'd think that that would just cause people to be like, you know what, Chicago's canceled, and we're not doing this anymore because this is too much. I don't know how you can watch that play and not enjoy it. I mean, I, it's not like I've ever been able to get in the mind of a Bears fan, but this just escapes me. How can you watch that big man make such an amazing play and not be stoked? And completely honestly, I don't totally remember what I was doing when that happened, but I'm going to go to limb and bet I was extremely excited. <laughs> Well, it stayed with you, right? You still dream about this play. You dream about those moves. They're forever etched into our minds. I attended one of those wine and painting classes for my work um, last year. And, you know, they said, uh, here are these things you can paint or just, like, paint what you feel, you know? And so I pulled up a picture of B.J. Raji 
doing this dance, and I have a painting of it in my living room. You've probably seen it. Kyle, did you know that Herman Melville toiled in obscurity for a long, long time, and then, like, long after he died, people realized he was a genius and Moby Dick. So this is, I know this anecdote because of that movie Adventureland, Mm -hmm. that actually in his obituary, in his obituary, his name was spelled wrong. Yeah. Because he was so obscure. So, like, how... How long are you going to have to be dead before people realize that your B.J. Raji painting is wonderful? But it's, it's like, this, you know, it's like Munch's scream for this particular uh, century, I think. Yeah, well, I got some help, I should say. The, I, I couldn't draw the face. I drew, like, a jack-o'-lantern face, kind of, and then uh, the instructor came over and he drew an actual face. And so it is a work of art. Scale Because of, of his help. Sca- like... Do you think it's 200 or 300% better than Edward Hopper's Nighthawks? I mean, I don't know, 10,000% better? Yeah, is that, a, is that, is that a, true to scale? It's just a really We also, painting. when I was drawing this, you know, when I was painting this, mm-hmm. uh, there were two instructors. The female instructor told me that I had a very familiar soul, which I think really speaks to B.J. Raji's ability to bring everyone together uh that brings up an important point uh anyone at the art institute uh of chicago or the met in uh, in new york or you know if there's an art museum in green bay i'm sure if there, there is, are yeah. please email us at uh johnny jolly rogers at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we will discuss pricing on this uh yeah. on this particular painting i think it's obviously i mean good lord that's got to be worth Six million dollars. Yeah, so we'll least, include right? a. I'll include a picture of this on our Tumblr that you can check out if you listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can leave this picture on our Tumblr. It'll be attached to this episode, episode three. Yeah, beauty. Little known fact: Kyle once cut his ear off and sent it to B.J. Raji in the mail, just like uh, Van Gogh did. But you know what? B.J. Raji is such a sweetheart. He just put it on some ice and he mailed it back. He's <laughs> just a really nice guy. He had some ice left over from his Culver's cup and he packed it in that <laughs> and mailed it over. What a cool guy! <laughs> Said, tell me, what's got you so mad today? All right, sorry, Kyle. I didn't mean to bring this kind of anger into the stew, but um, there's just been something that's really been weighing pretty heavily on me, so to speak. Uh, something that's really been eating up a lot of my time, also, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and that thing, let's get serious for a second. That thing is body shaming. Um, right talk to on. us a little bit about body shaming, Kyle. Right on. I know exactly what you're talking about because this bothers me as well. I think. Uh, last year, you know, Eddie Lacy, running back, former Rookie of the Year. Hell yeah. Uh, amazing dude, and he didn't have his best season. Um, and a lot of people were quick to blame it on his weight. They, you know, he got a little bit larger, and they thought maybe he wasn't carrying it as well. And they were very public in their hypothesizing about what was contributing to his ineffectiveness. And... Uh, to the point where Coach Mike McCarthy threw him under the bus, kind of, and said he's got to lose some weight. He's got to, he set a target for this year, and I think it's kind of uh, it's a messed up conversation to have, especially one in public. Uh, Mike McCarthy, being Eddie Lacy's most high-profile critic, also a person who weighs easily a hundred pounds more than <laughs> Eddie Lacy currently does. I'm like, I'm not trying to body shame Mike McCarthy here. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah, we gotta we gotta stay on our toes about this issue for sure. Goodness, this is just a hard it's thing. It's easy to fall into a trap, but. I mean, what's even additionally frustrating, I think, is that 
Eddie did it, right? Eddie spent the offseason with Tony Horton, the creator of P90X. He got in amazing shape. He looks uh, great. In a previous episode of this podcast, we referred to him as Captain America. That's his new name. He's, he's sexy now. He's svelte. He looks amazing. Uh, and the story that we keep seeing in the news, though, is that he's not sexy enough. That Which, he didn't, you know, he had this number. McCarthy gave him this number, and he didn't hit the number. When I, I think that that's a pretty dumb way to think about it. And I mean, it should be noted that Mike McCarthy currently looks like he's sleeping in his car at an Arby's. So overall, like, I kind of don't think that Mike McCarthy is the best person to be criticizing Eddie. Well, sure. But yeah, I mean, it's just sort of frustrating that this has become like something that is good. It's become news that everyone's writing about it. And it's like, I don't know, who are you guys? You know, like. Uh, how many Rookie of the Years have you won, you know? Yeah, exactly. I haven't won any. Have you ever won one? I've never won one, no. I think I was most improved player in T-ball in, like, second grade, but that was because the year before I was garbage. (laughs) You know, I think one of the things that's most frustrating about this is that it's really not in keeping with the Packers' tradition. Like, I mean, if you've ever been to a Packer game, you know that it's about indulging yourself. I mean, it's about... Mm -hmm drinking nine $9 High Lifes uh, in Lambeau Field with other people who bought their gigantic Packers jerseys at Kohl's. So like, yeah, and eating a horse collar sausage that's, what is that, like four feet of sausage wrapped in wrapped in bread, baked in cheese and horseradish. Ooh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, if you're a doctor and you go to a Packers game, do you just spend the whole time, like, looking around being terrified for the personal safety of the people around you? Because, like, if I, if I knew anything about health, like, I think I would be frightened Packer game, given the types of things that you see there overall. Well, sure, and I think that uh, historically this is carried, this is translated over onto the field as well. I think the players are not always known yeah. for uh, their health, their fitness. I mean, how many novelty food items do most NFL teams have named after their players <laughs> compared good, to Packers players? That's a know? good question. I mean, it's important to note that Brett Favre, one of the all-time greatest Green Bay Packers, uh, in his in his younger days, was known to enjoy the taste of an alcoholic beverage sure. um, and was known, you know, had a little issue with the pain pills and, you know, he yeah. got that taken care of, so no big deal. Yeah. Anyhow, um, the and one of the ways that this just isn't in keeping with Green Bay Packers traditions, I mean, like, look at Max McGee. Like, he went out the night before the Super Bowl, got plowed, and then caught the first touchdown in Super Bowl history, presumably having smoked a bunch of cigarettes in the locker room. Oh, and also about Max McGee, P.S. founded the Chi-Chi's franchise. So, like, let's not let's not go around, you know, talking to Eddie about how he needs to lose like 15 pounds and go live with the P90X guy in the Himalayas or whatever. I think it was more than 15, so. wasn't it? Well, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Well, all of this kind of. We can kind of bookend this entire conversation yeah. with a much larger conversation. Let's bookend this about, it. Yeah. Uh, your all-time favorite Packer, I do mm-hmm. believe. Uh, Leroy Butler came out a few weeks ago. Leroy. Excuse me. Leroy Butler came out a few weeks ago. The very strong message to a bunch of kids that resonated with us as well, I think. Dan, why don't you, this is, yeah. you take this one? Like, I generally try not to cry, like, hard at work. Like, I try, if I'm going to cry, I like for it to be, like, to mist a little bit. And yeah, and you like to, like, you know, you like to be in the restroom or something when it happens. You don't want to be out in public where people yeah, see you. just kind of quietly weeping in the bathroom. That's more my style. Yeah. But, like, I got to say, when I read the story that I'm about to talk to you about, about, you know, Leroy Butler and his childhood travails, 
Like, this was ugly crying. It's a waterworks. This was aggressive, like, slam dunk crying. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, I thought they were going to kick me out of the building. (laughs) Maybe they'd get tasered by the cops. I wasn't really sure. Um, So the story was about how Leroy Butler went to talk to a group of elementary school children. I think they were elementary school kids. Whatever. Middle school kids. I don't know. Kids. Under 18. Um, And he was telling them about his struggle and about how... When he was born, I'm not sure what the issue was, but he had some kind of congenital situation that caused him to not be able to uh, to walk. And, you know, he was telling the kids to avoid bullying because he got bullied as a little kid, and it was very, very painful for him. But in the end, and Kyle, this is the truly important part, the inspirational part, and if you're driving, you should probably pull over because he went from being a kid who couldn't, walk to being the person who invented the Lambo leap. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's quite something. You had, uh, when we talked about this on Gchat earlier, you had a statement, I believe, uh, paraphrasing here, but about, you know, Jesus was born in a major and he walked on water, but he didn't, he wasn't born unable to walk and then leap into the stands at Lambeau Field. No, I mean, everybody agrees that he was a great guy. But, like, I mean, come on, this is the scope of the accomplishment. Tony Iommi, uh, if I recall correctly, got at least one of his fingers ripped off in some kind of manufacturing accident and then played guitar for Black Sabbath. And that, don't get me wrong, is incredible. But that is not being born unable to walk yeah. and jumping into the stands yeah. of Lambo. I mean, Beethoven couldn't hear, and he went on to write a bunch of symphonies that we're still, you know, people are still playing nowadays. But he didn't leap into the stands at Lambeau Field after having not been able to walk previously in his life. No, that is, I mean, that's that's absolutely true. Michael Jordan, cut from his, what, uh, freshman in high school basketball team, went on to be the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball, which, honestly, compared to Leroy Butler, is not all that It's not great. that big of a deal. No, 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 not really a thing. I mean, Rick Allen lost his arm, went on to play drums for Def Leppard, but he didn't. Jumping to those stands at Lambeau. No, absolutely not. They've definitely played some Def Leppard songs at Lambeau Field, but still, that's it's like it, but not yeah. quite there. Um, I mean, Dr. Jonas Salk invented the polio vaccine, and that's pretty special, but unless I'm confused, I don't believe Jonas Salk ever played for the Packers, didn't win a Super Bowl, and did not jump into the stands at Lambeau Field. So that's so. the other thing, too, right, is that uh, the Lambeau leap, you know, where an offensive player scores a touchdown leaps, and it, it, it's an offensive celebration that was invented by a defensive player. That man transcended the game, transcended the sport so hard that he invented an offensive celebration as a defensive player who previously in his life could not walk. Kyle, it's really hard to do this show when I'm trying not to cry. Um, but I think I'm going I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I mean, Robert Brooks eventually made the immortal tune Jump in the Stands, which is about jumping in the stands. Um, but Leroy invented it. And so, Leroy, if you're listening, I just want to say that we love you very, very much. Like, yes. possibly debilitatingly, like, maybe a little too much, but, like, we really, really love it.
and now, in the uh, spirit of investigative reporting, for which Big Third Down is renowned, uh, we would like to bring you a pretty big scoop that Kyle and I have been working on it's for a, a pretty, while. It's a pretty, pretty big scoop, <laughs> if I can say so myself. It really is. I mean, that movie Spotlight came out this year about like what the Boston Globe discovered. What are they like, going to call the movie based on this discovery <laughs> we've just made? <laughs> I, I just don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, we won't write it, so... Um, right. I assume that... Uh, I will be played by Brendan Fraser, I'm hoping. I might still be played by Mark Ruffalo. That'd be Mark Ruffalo or Matt Damon. I don't, yeah. I'll take either. That makes sense. They would both be good as you. But anyway, the thing that we are here to deliver to you, this big scoop, is it pertains to um, the sort of the birthdays of the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you break them off a little something about this guy? Well, so notice the dates as I say them, okay? Mm-hmm. May 14th. Clay Matthews III. Yep. May 31st, Jordy Nelson. Yep. June 2nd, Eddie Lacy. What's the pattern here? Well, the pattern is that they're all very close to each other, and also that all three of them are incredible football players for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that we are most excited to tell you about here is that we've figured out why... Uh, these people were all born around we, the same we have time. A, we have a strong hypothesis that I think, mm-hmm. you know, could be, could lead to some deep truths. All right, let's test this out. My theory is that people get so excited for the start of the Green Bay Packers season that they, uh, you know, so to speak, become amorous, um, and the spirit inhabits them <laughs> while that is going on, and then nine months later, they give birth to incredible Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, story checks out. Mm-hmm. I don't really see any holes in this at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some of their parents weren't Packers fans, but, like, this isn't really about whether or not you want your child to be an incredible Green Bay Packer. So much is just, like, like I say, there's an aura that kind of inhabits yeah. the... The ghost of Vince Lombardi has been watching over these three gentlemen for between 26 and 31 years, depending on which one you're yeah. talking about. And ultimately, this is this podcast is about helping people. Um, and so what I am trying to tell you is that if you are trying to become pregnant, if you wish to have children, and you want to create a Green Bay Packer, probably the best way to do that would be to uh, conceive sometime in September. Um, I'm not sure if any of these players were very late or very early, but I'm guessing that they, that their parents, you know, this happened in September. I don't want to get graphic. This is a family podcast. So it's a numbers game, you know, and what, and the scoop is basically that here's, you know, sort of a life hack, if you will, where you can kind of increase your odds at this numbers game to, uh, birth a phenomenal Packers football player. So if you're a lady and you're trying to get your husband to, you know, create an excellent Green Bay Packers football player with you, what I would recommend is wait till September and then wait until after a Packers victory. There will be at least four of them during the month. Um, And then put on Holy Driver uh, in the living room, light some candles, crack a couple high lifes. Voila. Sounds so easy when you say it like that, Dan. <laughs> I'm a little bit stoked right now, Kyle, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to share. I think that was great.
So, Dan, the people want to know, we're getting these inquiries. Uh, what are some updates on your spreadsheet about Qdoba versus Chipotle among Packers players or Packers employees? Uh, no, I have no updates for you. We are sitting at two uh, in terms of the number of people who have expressed a preference for either Qdoba or Chipotle. Those that two, is messed up. I know. I know. Like, don't they want the fans to know? Like, in the spirit of transparency, don't they want people to know? I mean, it's not that hard. All you need to do is, if you're employed by the Packers, email johnnyjollyrogers at gmail.com. Let us know what your preference is Mm -hmm. regarding the spreadsheet. Um, And all Packers who do those live chats on Packers.com, rest assured, you will be hearing from me because I am going to make sure that I ask you which one is your preference. So far on the record, we have... J. Ron Elliott, thank you for expressing that preference. And uh, Randall Cobb, thank you very much, Randall, for Both Chipotle that. fans. Both Two Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah, well, and I also want to stress, if you're not employed by the Packers, but you interact with the Packers in some way via Twitter or the these live chats or whatever, uh, and you want to ask, you can also just send proof of their... Uh, response to johnnyjollyrogers at gmail.com, and that'll that'll be sufficient. Uh, Larry McCarran, if you're listening, I'd be interested Would in love what to your know preferences. Wayne Larravee, if you'd like to tell mm-hmm. me what's going on with your, Mark Murphy, uh, any number of people. Ex players as well. I know Frank Winter spent some time in Chicago. I'd love to know which one to squat at and wait for him to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one important note here. It has been suggested that there is a possibility that, like, another option could be Moe's Southwest Cantina. And I just want to, in case you're a Green Bay Packer or you're affiliated with the Green Bay Packers and you're considering emailing me and saying that your preference is Moe's Southwest Cantina, I just want to tell you not to because that is not an option I'm accepting. I mean, it's possible that the rest of the players on their roster all have that preference and they heard about this and we're scaring them away. God, I hope not. Which is, you know what? That's just what we're going to have to live with. Jake Ryan, don't you dare tell me <laughs> that you prefer most Southwest Cantina. All right, well, I think that's it, though. I mean, I think if you got your, if you want to send us your preference, mm-hmm. again, johnnyjollyrogers at gmail.com. If you want to just come on this show and you're employed by the Packers, that's also a good way to do it, johnnyjollyrogers at, g- at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get you on episode four, which will come out, I don't know, sometime. Sometime. And once again, uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Packers Dan. I'm Packers Kyle. All right, go Packers. Go Pack.